Yes, yes, yes. Now, this is Jamie. And I'm Doctor. We are friends. 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 Jamie. Yes. Doctor. Yes. Friends. Friends. everyone, and thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Mac. And I'm Caleb. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And today, we are going to be watching The Evil of the Daleks. The Evil of the Daleks was written by David Whitaker, directed by Derek Martinus, produced by Ains Lloyd, and aired May 20th, 1967, to July 1st, 1967. Jesus Christ, that's like two months. Yeah, well, it's seven parts. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Getting the faceless ones over to you was a bitch. This one's going to be even more so. <laughs> but, Caleb, do you recognize the name David Whitaker? Yes, but I don't know why. He did Edge of Destruction, The Rescue, The Crusade, and... The power of the Daleks. Okay, so 25%. <laughs> three bad... Well, the rescue's... Eh, the rescue's meh. So, three bad episodes and one banger episode. Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> and the last banger episode did revolve around Daleks. So, maybe we're in his wheelhouse? Maybe. I suppose we'll see. But yes, this we do get to watch this one. I don't remember if there are any, like complete episodes i'm not sure if there's any episodes that we'll be seeing in live action it might be entirely animated i don't remember but this one does continue immediately after faceless ones to give you some semblance of hope of being able to predict this because caleb given everything you know about doctor who and given the title of the episode the evil of the daleks and given the ending of the last episode what do you think this episode is going to be about this is Dude, Where's My TARDIS? <laughs> After Jamie and the Doctor go on an extreme bender, they wake up to find... And by extreme bender, I mean being kidnapped by faceless aliens. They realize that the TARDIS is gone, and that it has been stolen for a Jorori by Daleks, and they have to get it back. It's not bad. It's not a bad prediction, honestly. <laughs> it's Dude, Where's My TARDIS? They couldn't get the Earth to pick up space bitches so they needed to get the tardis in order to pick up space bitches yes actually that's probably the only thing the tardis really is good for <laughs> i mean the tardis does pick up a space bitch or two over the course of the series so <laughs> i'm not saying it's wrong <laughs> i'm not saying it's a chick magnet but i'm not saying it's not a chick magnet you know what i'm saying <laughs> on that note on that note we will see you all in the future let's get going and we're back may have just been a couple seconds for you but it was just slightly over two weeks for us 
again, I, I feel like I say this every single time, but in our defense, this was another one where I had to record it and then send it to you, which was a bitch and a half. And also, I'm getting to the end of rehearsal for my play, so I'll finally have my evenings free again, so we'll be able to record more frequently. Also, this episode was long. Yeah, this this is also in seven parts, so. <clears throat> and also, I have COVID, which is fun. I gave it to you through the last episode. Yeah, via microphone, you gave me COVID. Well done. Thank you very much. It's a talent I have. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Just a couple of uh, post-you notes. Uh, this is the debut of Deborah Watling as Victoria Waterfield. Uh, it is also the first appearance of uh, a Dalek Emperor. And as I said, I don't know, it's been over two weeks, so I don't know if I said it at the end of the last episode or at the beginning of this episode, but this was originally meant to be the final episode starring the Daleks as a major role. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not. Not even close. Additional spoiler alert, however, this does mean that we will not be seeing them for a while. Like, it's going to be a hot minute before we have a Dalek episode. Because, you want to know why? It's because Terry Nation was trying to pitch a Dalek spin-off show in America. <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> wow, could you imagine? Could you imagine a, like, early 70s Dalek show produced in America? Okay, but real talk... Like, we have no idea what the show would have been. Like, there's no real record of it. But man, do I really want it to just be, like, a good, wholesome family sitcom. Like, meet the Daleks. Where <laughs> just, like, a family of Daleks move into the neighborhood and shenanigans ensue. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I kind of imagine it as, like, a, like a Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like they, exactly. Like, they moved to L.A. <laughs> yes, Beverly Hillbillies, Adam's Family, the Munsters, that kind of vibe. <laughs> Uh, yes. Now I want it. <laughs> yes. Damn it, Terry Let's Nation. go back in time. You should have tried harder. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't work hard enough, Terry. You didn't believe. Uh, but yeah, we won't be seeing the Daleks for a while. Um, which, you know, good and bad. If they're overused, they kind of lose their luster, but... Yeah. There have been a lot of Dalek episodes. Yeah. So we get a, we get a nice little breather from them. We've only had two with this Doctor, right? Yes, we've had pow pa Power and Evil. Power and Evil, okay. I felt like there was a third one in there for some reason. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I just get that vibe. First Doctor had a lot. First Doctor had the Daleks, Dalek Invasion of Earth, the Chase, the Dalek Master Plan, and I feel like I'm forgetting one. Anyway, he had a lot. Yeah, he had a lot. But yeah, but yeah. before before we start, uh, Caleb, general thoughts. What'd you think of uh, the evil of the Daleks? With the exception of the last episode, I was actually pretty underwhelmed by this story. Which is weird, because I, I actually rather liked it. For the most part, it's not my favorite. I think Power was definitely if we're like if we're if we're picking our favorites of Dalek Second Doctor episodes, Power beats it by a country mile. But maybe I was just getting hung up on things because I'm still pretty pissed about Ben and Polly leaving. Mm. So I spent most of this story being like, "All right, who's the new companion?" <laughs> and then realizing, "Oh my god, I hate all the characters." <laughs> and then as they slowly start to die, I was like. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be Victoria, isn't it? It's going to be the one I want the least. I was like, I'll take anyone. I'll take anyone but Victoria. You know, it's funny you say that because they were actually were originally intending for Molly, the maid, to be the next companion. But for completely unknown reasons, uh, Victoria was decided at the last minute. Yeah, uh, I could I could feel that because 
my big critique of this episode is like, you know, they're going to make Victoria a companion. Spoiler, she does nothing the whole episode. But Molly was inquisitive. Yeah. She, I don't know. She had companion vibes. I was like, that would be a good asset on the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of fucks off halfway through the story. Yeah, Molly definitely has a... Doesn't has big companion vibes. Um, that being said, I know this wasn't really a strong start for her, which we'll get into in here in a minute. But I do remember really liking Victoria, so don't worry, she's not so bad. Okay. But uh, then again, it's been fucking years, uh, over a decade since I watched this, so who knows? Yeah, because I f- I feel like <laughs> it almost feels like the writers were like, man. Running independent women is tough. Can we get, like, someone who's, like, weepy and just kind of sits around? (laughs) And they're like, sure, write a story in the Victorian age. It'll be fine. Victoria from the Victorian age. Hey. Hey, Yeah, it's clever? I don't know. No. No, it's not. It's not clever. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, dive right in. I feel like we've been talking about it in vague terms too much. Yeah, let's get into it. Evil of the Daleks, episode one. Jamie and the Doctor are looking for the TARDIS. They herring you an airport mechanic about it, and he tells them it has been... Uh, hang on, I misspelled something. Was it herring you? Mm-hmm. Was it herring you? No, it, was, it, it wasn't herring you. I spelled that correctly. Did I say it wrong? I'm pretty sure you said it wrong. I'm pretty sure the word you're looking for I'm just going to say harass. Yeah, harass. There you go. <laughs> I mean, herring you is like harassing people. Yeah, but I'm... Also, ninety percent sure it's pronounced harangue. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say harass. Hold on, let me check. Yeah, harangue. I just that's a really harangue. There is a U in there. <laughs> I just I literally just looked Googled the word harangue and then pressed the speaker word and harangue. The word is harangue. Hmm, interesting. To a lengthy and aggressive speech, lecture someone at length in aggressive and critical manner. That's kind of like harassing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they harass an airport mechanic about it, and he tells them it has been hauled off by some company. The doctor doesn't believe he is telling the whole truth, so the two follow him to an abandoned warehouse. There, they find the man unconscious, and their next clue is a book of matches advertising the Trim Color Cafe. However, the clue was planted by a man named Kennedy, who was hired by another man named Waterfield to lure the doctor to that location. Kennedy listens in as Waterfield speaks with unknown strangers in a hidden chamber in his office. Later that day, Kennedy breaks into the office where he is ambushed by a Dalek that materializes out of nowhere. So, this episode was animated, which is why my first note is, oh boy, those run cycles, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're they're running through the airport trying to catch up to the car, and it's like, it's like, hoo-ha, hoo-ha, hoo-ha. Yeah, it's very hoo-ha. bouncy. <laughs> I do think the animation overall was significantly better in this episode compared to the animation in the faceless ones. Which is weird because I'm pretty sure it's the exact style, of, the exact same studio and style of animation. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at Patrick Troughton side by side, like his hair looks different, the faces look different. Hmm. It felt better to me. A solid third of my notes are about this like first conversation they had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's kind of amazing. <laughs> Yeah, because the the TARDIS is like carted off by some other like moving company or or something, and uh, they're just they're just uh, talking to this one dock worker who's just like, ah, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. This is through a third party. We don't really have any control over it, and blah blah blah. blah. I'm like, man, airport bureaucracy fucking strikes again. <laughs> 
And also, this is the second intergalactic conspiracy that's happened at Gatwick Airport in the same day. (laughs) They gotta gotta do some restructuring. The Commandant should be fired. (laughs) (laughs) Airport bureaucracy is so evil, it's the villain again. My first note is, what? What did he say? Because the mechanic's, like, listening to headphones and just outright ignoring the doctor for, like, a solid 20 or 30 seconds. Yeah. And then I say, uh, this fucking guy is my work ethic personified. <laughs> because they're like, where's the TARDIS? And I'm like, I don't know, man. He's like, well, do you know anything? I'm like, no, not really. I'm, I'm not going to find out either. <laughs> Amazing. Truly, truly astounding. Yeah. It's like, well... Maybe up my pay a couple of bucks per hour, and maybe I'll tell you, but, uh, till that happens. Have you tried, um, fucking off and dying? Have you tried, I don't know, doing something for yourself for once? <laughs> uh, but it turns out the man is a spy. <gasps> Gasp, because there's some other guy at the same location, standing far away and, like, listening to them from a bush. <laughs> yeah, it really feels like Waterfield just kind of hired different people to do every tiny little part of this job as opposed to just like hiring one or two people to do the job entirely yeah (laughs) it gets very convoluted very quickly yeah they go they go to the warehouse where the guy has been knocked out and they like search through his pockets and find the little uh, book of matches and uh are you familiar with the comedian uh randy feltface the purple puppet guy Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he has a bit where he's, because uh, he used to smoke, and uh, he hates vapors, and he will never vape, because it feels like such a, it feels like such a betrayal to all the sweet, sweet cigarettes that he's smoked throughout his life, and how vapors are putting ashtray manufacturers out of, out of business, and it's like, and what about the matchbook uh, manufacturers? Have you ever thought of them? Bars would always print off tiny little matchbooks that have their bar logo on it. That grizzled old homicide detectives would then fish into pe- into dead bodies' pockets and pull out so they would know where to find the they would know where to find the killer. Thousands upon thousands of unsolved homicide uh, <laughs> cases go on each year because you motherfuckers want to vape. <laughs> Incredible. And that's all I thought as he was going through the the matchbook. The Doctor does make some pretty hilarious and extreme leaps in logic in this episode. Before they follow the guy, um, they walk off from the mechanic at the airport, and he's talking to Jamie. And the Doctor's like, isn't that man suspicious? And Jamie's like, I don't know. He just seems like a guy. And he's like, yes, but his overalls were awfully tight, weren't they? Almost like they didn't fit. (laughs) So I had the note of, I was like, hmm, this man is suspicious. Did you see how tight his pants were? (laughs) (laughs) I just, I looked at how tight his pants were, and... It made me feel things. It must be suspicion. <laughs> yeah, he also makes a note that how there were different papers on the clipboard as opposed to just the one on top that he showed them. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this is evidence of a man who's never had to work in, like, the service industry. It's like, uh, excuse me, boss, my uniform doesn't fit. Ah, man, that sucks. Anyway, hey, is there a better way to organize these papers? No, nah, just put them on a clipboard. Okay. <laughs> His other extreme leap in logic, I don't, I don't remember what he's trying to deduce, but he's like, well, this matchbook is awfully weird. Everyone takes out the mattress left to right, but this one's, someone's been taking it out right to left. I'm like, what the fuck, Doctor? What does that even mean? His, his logic there was that whoever it is uh, that had these matches 
must have been left-handed because they did the opposite way that most people would do. Again, a huge leap in logic that can be easily refuted. Uh, I make the point of how much the Doctor feels like Sherlock Holmes in this episode because I have a similar criticism about Sherlock Holmes in that he will get a whole bunch of pieces of evidence that are, man, really easily refutable. (laughs) (laughs) I do kind of, maybe this is why I'm disappointed by this episode, because I actually like this episode. I like the kind of like mystery structure of it. Yeah, Uh, I think that's very cool. I wish the whole arc was like that. (laughs) The leaps in logic are silly, but like, that's fine. That's the genre. (laughs) Yeah. It's my main criticism of Sherlock. That being said, I love Sherlock stories. (laughs) So like... (laughs) I'm enjoying it while also being like, this is so silly. (laughs) Uh, Jamie is also adorable in this episode. He is. He is absolutely adorable. Uh, There's one moment where they're in the warehouse. um, I think they're talking to Kennedy, who's going to take them back to Waterfield's office, I think. And unrelated to anything, a train goes by and Jamie's like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) It's a train. It's like, stop... (laughs) Telling me these things as if I should know them. <laughs> and then they just move on. The train is not there doing anything. They're just like, hey, let's make Jamie look like an idiot for a second. I honestly choose to believe that a train did go by while they were recording. And uh, Fraser Hines, being just an absolute genius of an actor, went, what was that? <laughs> and then just kept going with it. <laughs> Fraser Hines, you're a master. I mean, both Fraser Hines and Patrick Troughton have worked together on, like, comedy and improv stuff before so i 100 percent believe that they would pull this shit on set oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see other notes i have for this episode was um man waterfield has some chops yeah i love mutton chops yeah i <laughs> my note is evil guy is evil because waterfield looks like he looks like Rachel Ghoul from Batman. Um, <laughs> he does. I was like, evil guy is evil. And then later I went back to this note and put a sub note and said, plot twist, he isn't. Evil guy with a heart of gold. <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh, and then I had, um, I like the mystery elements. Uh, too bad I already know it's Daleks. Speaking <laughs> of which, where, where are the Daleks? And then my third note on this was, what was my prediction for this episode again? <laughs> I actually don't remember what your prediction was. <laughs> I think, I think, what did I say? I think I said it was, dude, where's my car? Right, yes. That's <laughs> it. Dude, where's my, dude, where's my, dude, TARDIS. Where's my TARDIS? Uh That ended up not being right <laughs> That's at all. right. And the Daleks are taking it for a joyride. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so they go to Waterfield's office, and Waterfield has pictures of the doctor and Jamie. He's like, are these the two men following you? And my first thought was, why don't they have pictures of Ben and Paul? Or yeah, Ben and Paul. I had the same thought. They were there until like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then I had the no evil treadmills. I guess the machine that the Daleks used to appear kind of looks like a treadmill. Yes, that's what I thought. Okay, because uh, like so like after Waterfield talks to Kennedy, he's like, "Bring the doctor and the other guy here." He like opens this like secret compartment in his office and it's like all sci-fi dolicky. Mm-hmm. And there's these two machines and like they I don't know what they are. They do look like treadmills. And he kind of just like, yep. He and then he just yells at them incoherently for two minutes mm-hmm. as uh Kennedy listens in. I think one of my favorite things about this episode is Waterfield's complete lack of understanding of modern slang. 
because he is from Victorian times, but he was taken, he was brought to 1960s. And so they keep using modern slang and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, that's right. He does do that. I didn't even think about that. I am once again reminded that apparently that includes the word okay. I keep forgetting that okay is apparently slang. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the this 20th century slang of okay someone someone says okay and he's like what he's like okay all right yes what what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) it's a yes my lord (laughs) and then uh he keeps referring to a coffee shop as a coffee shop and then the other guys are like you mean the coffee bar he's like yes yes of course that's what i meant so when do when do we switch back or is is it called a coffee bar in england now I don't know. I don't know. British listeners, tell us. Are they called coffee bars? Please tell us. I mean, if they are, you're wrong. Universally, but... I think it's just cafe, but coffee shop. Yeah, that's what we say in America. I don't I don't call anything a cafe. Sometimes I'll refer to, like, what is more like a deli as a cafe. But yeah. <laughs> because I'm uncultured swine, and I will always say the wrong thing. Like, harang you. <laughs> harang you. I said harang you. I'm herring, telling you. Harang you. Herring you. Listen, I read things a lot. I'm a very well-read person. I just don't say a lot of things out loud. No, that's fair. There's plenty of words that uh, that like you only have ever read, so I get it. And the English language is an abomination and an affront to nature. So it's kind of like when the first Harry Potter movie come out came out, and everybody referred to her as Hermione, and everyone was like, "That's how it's pronounced." <laughs> <laughs> fucking british people <laughs> yeah it really it is british people's fault they pioneered the english language and they were like what if we just fucking made up how all this sounds these are the same assholes who put a u in the word color what the fuck yeah what the fuck thank god us americans and our um penny pinching presses were like we're not fucking printing you fuck that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, I always forget that that is the reason we don't spell it with a u <laughs> <laughs> what you think i made of money take out of the they got that letter <laughs> Uh, listen, that you is going to save us a whole fraction of a penny. That's like a day's pay. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I'm surprised you didn't really bring up a whole lot. How much of a ladies' man Jamie is. Oh, I, I bring that up multiple. I think in episode six, I say Jamie is horny in all caps. Because, like, they go to the coffee bar. Oh, yeah. And he's just talking to, like, a he's group just talking of to these ladies like it's like it ain't no thing trying to trying to get some information. And they're all like very into him. <laughs> I mean, his fucking kilt and turtleneck, man. That's what we need. It stands out. It's the 1960s uh, equivalent of a hipster. It's like, ooh, kilt and turtleneck. Mm, tell me more. Oh. <laughs> Which apparently wouldn't require a whole lot of acting on uh, Fraser Hines part, because apparently he was also <laughs> Bit of a ladies' man, so. <laughs> hey, man, if you—that's just good typecasting. <laughs> and then I have the note of Jamie roasting the doctor, which he does a lot in this story. Yeah, but like in the coffee bar in particular, I'm trying to remember specifically what he says. But like they're talking about how they need to remain inconspicuous, and Jamie's just like, "Well," and like looking at the doctor and is like, "As long as you're wearing the clown pants and the rustled uh, shirt and the." And the weird hair. I don't think we're going to get anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, Doctor, you look fine. Fine. We're not going to get a doctor that dresses normal until ninth. so. (laughs) Damn. That's a while. Uh, I only have two more notes on this episode. So when Kennedy breaks in the Waterfields office, 
he takes down a picture frame, I think, or there's like a safe on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he opens it, and there appears to be money in there, and that's when the Dalek appears behind him. Yeah. <laughs> which I said, are the Daleks stealing money? And then I put the note, Daleks 11. <laughs> <laughs> I Okay, as someone who's in my top five favorite movies is Ocean's 11, I would kill to watch a remake of Ocean's <laughs> 11 where it was all Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that, that Dalek remake of Ocean's Eleven was really good. Uh, the shootout at the end was different. <laughs> I was like, they spent a lot of time like planning, elaborating, or planning this heist, and then they just went in and killed everyone. <laughs> Which, like, I guess works, but what was the point of the first 90% of the movie? Uh, and then I burst into the room. I was like, that's every Dalek episode. <laughs> every Dalek episode is an elaborate scheme that boils down to, fuck it, let's just kill everyone. <laughs> My last note is, oh my god, it's the Daleks. Who could have predicted this in this episode of Doctor Who, Evil of the Daleks? Oh my god! <laughs> I know, like, I'm, I'm gonna get really annoyed with this naming structure, especially if, like, they're gonna try to have, like, a mysterious build-up to the Daleks, and then the Dalek is, <laughs> is in the fucking title. Yeah. That's gonna get very annoying. It's already annoying, actually. That's gonna be very annoying, for reasons I will not get into, that's going to be very hilariously annoying in the first time the Daleks <laughs> appear in New Who. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to this in four years. <laughs> I didn't realize this. For whatever reason, it didn't click in my head. But the Cybermen are the same. They have the same naming structure. Because in every Dalek episode, it's Blank of the Daleks. Cybermen, it's the same here. Uh, from now on, it's Blank of the Cybermen. <sighs> I know. I was uh, trying to get to sleep. The other night, I was like, I'll just watch an episode of Classic Who on BritBox. That'll that'll help me get drowsy. Uh, so I was like, hey, Brittany, uh, pick a doctor between th- three and seven. And she, was, and she said six. I was like, okay. And so I picked an episode, and it was a Cyberman episode. And it was, they were trying so hard to make it be like, oh, my God, the Cybermen were behind this the whole time in an episode called... Like, Vengeance of the Cybermen. <laughs> God damn it. I guess they're just hoping that you blink really long at the beginning during the title sequence and you don't you don't see what the episode's yeah, called. Like, you're just asleep or you're or like, oh, it's the title sequence. I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. You're in Britain. I'm going to go to the loo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, that I'm, I'm, I'm done with this episode. Boom. Bang your joke to go out on. <laughs> All right. Episode two. The Dalek kills Kennedy and the doctor and Jamie find his body. After investigating the site, they realize uh, there's a bunch of antiques around that look new, almost as if they were brought forward in time. Jamie accidentally pulls a knob and the two are knocked out with a gas. They awaken to a maid taking care of them and she informs them that they are in the year 1866. Waterfield and a man named Maxtable enter the room and explain that that higher forces have kidnapped Waterfield's daughter and that they need the doctor's help to finish an important experiment. After showing the doctor Maxtable's lab, a Dalek appears and explains that the doctor must assist them in finding the human factor. He must perform experiments on Jamie so that the Daleks can better understand humans and possibly become more human themselves. Jamie, back in the first room speaks with Molly the maid and Ruth, Maxtable's daughter. He is then knocked out by a thug named Toby and kidnapped. The doctor, Maxtable, and Waterfield 
head back to retrieve Jamie, only to find that he is taken. But the Daleks do not wait for anyone. Man, listening to your recap, I'm realizing just how many fucking characters are in this goddamn episode. There's a lot. There's a lot of fucking characters. And, like, over the course of the story, it's just like, all right, well, we're done with that set of characters. Let's move on to this other set of characters. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then, it get, and then it gets real Game of Thronesy as all the characters are gradually killed <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, I know, right? Um, this episode is not animated. I mean, it is. I just didn't send you the animated version. I sent you the, oh, okay. I sent you the live action. I watched, I watched the live action version. Yeah. This is the first live Dalek I've seen in a hot minute. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've seen a live Dalek since the chase. Shit, you might be right. Hold on, let me check. Yeah, you're right. It hasn't been since the chase that we saw live Daleks. Damn. Like with when Ian and Barbara were still on the show. God damn. <laughs> God damn. So yeah, fun fact. First time I've seen a live dog. I saw a move. I was like, that's unfamiliar, actually. <laughs> I love how they're they they sneak into the antique shop. Jamie sees the doctor like disable the the bell as they walk in so that no one sees them being there, and then um he's sneaking around and he whispers to jamie and jamie responds to this of being why are we being quiet <laughs> <laughs> jamie you're just jamie i love so you <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the doctor's saying to be very careful around this you don't want to knock anything over and then the doctor like brushes past something as he's walking by and a vase almost gets knocked over and jamie catches it and just like gives him the dirtiest fucking look as he puts the vase <laughs> back on his pedestal <laughs> going back a second i have a whopping four notes about the first minute and a half of this episode take it away <laughs> uh, the first one was hey it's the first time i've seen a dalek in a hot second and then i said man kennedy is a lot dorkier in real life <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know he, he, his animation somehow he got better looking in the animation i don't know how to describe it other than that just look it up uh, and then I'm like, ah, I'm glad to see the Dalek kill effect is exactly as corny as ever. They've done nothing to improve the Dalek kill blast. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and based on how much this show changes over the years, I'm assuming it's not that different. I mean, it's different in New Who. I'm pretty sure it stays the same in Classic. All of Classic. <laughs> I might be wrong about that, actually. It's possible that, that by the end of Classic, they've figured out how to manipulate visual effects to such a degree that they can put laser beam JPEG on, on screen and have it move across. <laughs> across. <laughs> oh God. And then I have the note of it's just a time meddler, but with Daleks kind of because <laughs> I make the note of stealing genuine Victoria, Victorian era knickknacks and then traveling into the future to sell them is a very good scam. And they should look into that. <laughs> When the doctor needs cash fast. <laughs> I do like how Jamie keeps trying to pull the doctor back to be like, Doctor, we need to find the TARDIS. Because that's why they're oh, that's why yeah. they're there. Because they they were told the TARDIS was at that antique shop. And he's just like, Yes, yes we do. But who killed this man? <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps getting pulled uh, I, into I, the mystery because he just like can't resist it. <laughs> I, do, cause I, I I couldn't remember exactly why I wrote it, but you've reminded me, because I wrote down the note, ah, I see Jamie has truly taken Ben's place. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, yes, of course, we must find the TARDIS. But also, we must find this man's killer. He pulls out a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie's like, no, we don't, doctor. 
And then uh, they get knocked out by the gas, and they wake up, uh, and the maid tells them, like, well, what are you talking about? It's 1866. And I have the note, oh, God, the Victorian age. This truly is fucking evil. <laughs> and then Maxtable enters the room, and my note is, Jesus fucking Christ. This dude has Karl Marx level of crazy look in his eyes. <laughs> I, I literally wrote, my God, it's Karl Marx. <laughs> the evil is... The evil of the dogs is the evil of communism. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he's just got, like, a huge mane of hair that's, like, spiky in all directions. He's got a big, bushy beard, and I don't think I ever saw the man blink once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just gets wilder and wilder as the story goes Yeah, I know. Like, he's... At first, he seems relatively tame, but by the end of the episode, he has... By the end of the story... He has embodied how he looks. <laughs> he, he's like foaming at the mouth, psychopath. <laughs> so they come in and they reveal like, oh, we're in 1866. We brought you back in time because my daughter has been kidnapped by mysterious forces. Uh, and we need your help completing an experiment. Yeah. And then it cuts to her and she's just like being kind of pouty in a cell and like you see a Dalek. And my note is this girl better not be a companion. <laughs> And then I spent a good chunk of my notes for the rest of the time predicting who the companion is going to be. <laughs> I, I took a... Hold on. Because you and I were texting back and forth while you were watching it. And uh, I took a screenshot at one point of our of our text conversation. Uh, I said, what do you think so far? And you said, it's all right. I like Jamie, but so far I hate basically every other character except for the maid. And then you said, I'm actually nervous because I'm like, fuck, I hate everyone, but someone's probably going to com- be a companion. And then I said, haha, the roulette wheel spins as to who that will be. And you said, I'm hoping for the maid. If it's the daughter, I will be absolutely pissed. And I sent that to both Brittany and Bob. And <laughs> with the reaction gif of that one puppet just like looking to the side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, livid. I'm livid. Because I even have the note, please make the goofy marks mad scientist a companion. <laughs> And then, so, after after they kind of explain everything, Maxwell takes them to his lab uh, to talk about I, I, I do have I do have one note, because when they're still in the in the drawing room, and uh, there's a painting above the fireplace, Waterfield says it's of his late wife, and she's like, oh, she's very beautiful. And my note is, wow, your wife was either really ugly, or you hired a really shitty painter. <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> Because like in the next in the next episode it goes back to being animated and that shows the pain again and it looks really nice. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but in live action that that was clearly done in like a day because they needed to film really quickly. <laughs> it's like really abstract. There's no clear features. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> but like next episode, Jamie wakes up and sees the painting and says how beautiful she looks. Like, I know you're animated now, so I would agree with you now, but <laughs> you really had to pull in all your acting chops to call that beautiful. <laughs> oh, God. Um, anyway. So anyway, so after they admire the hideous painting, they go down to the lab. Um, and Max Bull's like, yes, this is where I do all my experiments. And he's like leaning over these like fucking boiling chemicals and stuff. And just lights the cigar. <laughs> I'm surprised his, his huge hair hasn't been caught on fire yet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but my note was, here, look at these highly volatile ke- or chemicals. Would you like a cigar? <laughs> Have we already cut away to when the Daleks are with Victoria at this point? Yes. Because um, the Daleks bring her food. And I'm like, 
I like to think that the Daleks have no idea what humans actually eat. <laughs> so they're bringing Victoria just like a plate that has <laughs> an old shoe, a pile of salt, and a copy of Jugs. <laughs> and they're outside like taking notes. What is the human factor? <laughs> what do they eat? We haven't fed our prisoner in days. <laughs> what do they eat? What do they what? <laughs> what is eat? <laughs> and then Maxwell explains that he invented a time machine. And I was egregiously offended by this. <laughs> uh, my note is, so you're telling me that these Victorian nutcracks built a time machine? Was it powered by ghosts and cocaine? Because that actually <laughs> sounds kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really weird what their time machine was because it was like a, a hall of mirrors that then just like had static running through it and that's it i think i'm not sure yeah he he does some like mumbo jumbo about static electricity but like it's a steam powered time machine yeah that that's what i said i was i was like i like their steampunk-esque means of time travel and then a Dalek appears and kind of explains that they need the Doctor to find the human factor because the Daleks want to become more human to beat them. And all I, the only thing I can write down was Dalek breeding program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that the Daleks want the human factor because they're so much like we are superior to all beings. So like the fact that they would dirty the purity of the Daleks with some filthy human dna it's kind of surprising to me ah but there's the twist that's not what they were actually after that's true there's a moment where jamie is in the office and he's looking at letters because i think this is when because he was asleep when the doctor was told it was 1866 and he like reads a letter and realizes it and my note was wait jamie can read (laughs) yeah no shit Because there's another point, I think it's in the next episode, he, like, reads a map. I'm like, Jamie can read a map? What the fuck? <laughs> right? He was holding his he was holding his newspaper upside down last episode, so... Uh, very consistent. Bad writing. Zero out of ten. But the Dalek appears, and the Doctor uh, is demanding to know what type of experiment the Daleks need him to do. And they were like, do not question the Daleks! I'm like, okay, but, like... What is the experiment you want me to do? <laughs> Answer this one question at the very least. I don't, I don't remember exactly the context, because I don't think this happens before. After this scene, Jamie is, like, there, and he's talking to the maid, and then she leaves, and then he gets kidnapped by this, like, guy who just comes in. But I have the note of, the dogs will make great ma- great middle managers. There will be no delay! Yeah, no shit. I make the note about how much molly wants to jump jamie's bones because she is she is thirsty in that scene yeah she is She's just like is there anything else i can do for you mr mccrimmon at all, at all? <laughs> even a little uh yeah this is a very horny story <laughs> <laughs> yeah no molly it's very clear that Molly wants to jump Jamie's bone. She's like, I kind of work here 24-7, but, like, whenever I'm off, you know. <laughs> Man, I wish Molly was around more. Because I, I, I really liked Molly a lot. She's, like, she's one of the only characters I did like at all. And then she just kind of leaves halfway through the story. 
This is the second time in a row where there's been a one-off female character who wanted to jump Jamie's bones that almost was a companion, but then wasn't. <laughs> Fraser Hines is bad luck. I guess so. Uh, that's the only ones I have for this episode, though. Yep, same. All right, episode three. After investigating the room, the doctor finds a piece of straw as a clue as to where Jamie went. Cut to Jamie, who has been kidnapped by Toby. We later learn that Arthur, Ruth's fiance, hired Toby to kidnap Jamie. The doctor tracks Jamie to the barn where he is held captive, and he overhears the doctor have a conversation about the Daleks and their plan. Maxwell has a conversation with the Dalek before a prolonged sequence showing off his muscly Turkish slave. Oh, sorry, servant. He sets a trap for Jamie and tells Kemmel not to let the man pass through a certain corridor. The Daleks reveal their breeding fetish, and they want Jamie to be tested because he is the most human because he travels with the Doctor. Okay. Jamie and the Doctor argue about what Jamie sees as conspiring with the Daleks. Toby and Arthur argue, and Toby knocks him out and steals his money. He is then killed by a Dalek, Rip the best character. Jamie is set up to go save Victoria, and his emotions and actions will be recorded to find the human factor. Jamie heads into the south wing, dodges the worst trap in all of existence, and is confronted by Kemmel at the top of the stairwell. My first note is, so Jamie kind of like wakes up in this barn, and there's this guy just sitting there, he's got this stick, and he's like, you, you better stay still or you'll have another conversation with Mr. Nod. <laughs> Gesturing to his little baton thing. I was like, this is it. This is the companion. This is who I want to be. <laughs> Take this guy. He's amazing. I like that. Uh, what was his name? I have, I have Terrell written here, but I feel like you said something else. Uh, Toby. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, other guy. Yeah, Arthur. His name is Arthur Terrell. I called him Arthur, Arthur Terrell. Yes, which is Maxible's daughter's fiance. Yes, he comes in to start interrogating Jamie, and Jamie like starts interrogating him. It's like. Who are you? Why am I here? Where? Uh, what's? What did you do with the doctor? And Terrell's like, none of that is important right now, Mr. McCrimmon. And Jamie's like, no, it is. Who are you? Where am I? Why am I here? <laughs> I was just like, I really like how Jamie, his complete lack of social tact is what's <laughs> helping him here. It's just like, no, you're going to answer my questions. Fuck you. Blunt <laughs> instrument. Bam. <laughs> uh, my note on Arthur is this guy's giving big Cyberman vibes. Showdown of the timeline. <laughs> I was I, I was hoping it would turn to a Cyberman versus Daleks episode, mm. which I I feel like we're gonna get at some point. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. At one point we uh, cut away from we cut away to uh, Victoria's cell, and uh, I think this is when they move her to the bedroom upstairs. And she asks why they haven't killed her, and he's the Dalek says, "You are not to be exterminated." And like he didn't say it, but you could feel the dot dot dot. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Why haven't you killed me? We're getting there. <laughs> My next note is the painting looks way better in animation. <laughs> I don't know exactly when or why I wrote this. Probably around the time the dogs were explaining they wanted to merge with humans again. I wrote, I'd hate to read the Doctor Who fanfic of this episode. <laughs> and then, what's the Turkish guy's name? Kemal? Yeah. Yeah, Kemal. Kemal's brought in to like test his strength and was like given an iron bar to bend he start he tries to bend it but like he's not doing anything and then he takes off his vest so he's shirtless and then he like 
bends it over his neck and that's when he that's when he manages to bend it and i'm like was the vest really getting in the way or did you just want to show off your muscles yeah we we, we gotta talk about this part because this is the because i text you after this part too i was like if i said there was a big oof moment in this episode would you know what i was talking about this was the moment i was referring to this was the part that i thought you were talking about i just wasn't sure and the reason i was unsure is because Kemmel's my favorite character in this story. No, totally agree. <laughs> Kemmel ends up being amazing, but the reason it was a big oof for me was um, Max is talking to, before he brings Kemmel in, Max is talking to a Dalek, and they're like, don't worry, I've got the perfect thing. It's like, we're gonna have, I'm, I've got one of my servants who's gonna kind of like be an obstacle for Jamie, and he's strong, he's like strong as an ox, like, you know, he's, he's real, real muscly. Dumb, though. Like, dumb. Like, really thick in the head. And the dog is like, okay. And he's like, I mean, this guy has a rock for a brain. And the dog is like, all right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Jesus, man. And then he just keeps <laughs> emphasizing it. I even write down, I was like, oh my god, we get it. He's stupid. And then he opens the door and Kemal walks in at And then my note was, ooh. Ooh, man. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. And then, yeah, I have a note on uh, Kemal. Bending the stuff with his the iron bar over his shoulders, karate chopping like wood in half, casually moving stools to the other side of the room. I wrote down this would be hot if it wasn't so racist. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote, what was the point of this scene again? To show just how strong he is. I mean, I guess, but I felt like the muscles implied that enough. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it goes on for entirely too long. <laughs> it's like it, it goes on long enough where I'm like. What, what, what are we doing? What the fuck is the point of this? And then I wrote down again, for some reason, I, I won't get off it. Daleks have a kink for inferior life forms. I'm really I'm really stuck on this, like, Dalek breeding program thing. <laughs> oh, then we get to the best part of this episode, in my opinion. I, I If you're about to talk what I think about you're talking about, I agree. The Jamie and Doctor finally get back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jamie just starts ripping into him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then I'm like, "Yeah, Jamie, fuck the doctor and fuck the Daleks," because he's like, "Jamie, I need you," and he's like, "I don't care." Yeah, because because Jamie like overheard the doctor and Waterfield, who, from Jamie's perspective, Waterfield's still the guy who's like kidnapped him, and as far as he's concerned, is responsible for the dead body that they found in the in the antique store. Mm-hmm. And so, like from his perspective, the doctor is conspiring with Waterfield and. He overheard how he's going to be used in an experiment with the Daleks. And he's just like, no, fuck you. You're not telling me anything. I'm not going to do anything you tell me to do unless you're truthful with me. Fuck you. <laughs> it's a great scene. <laughs> I mean, he, Fraser Hines gets into it. It's incredible. It's a really, yeah. it, I think it's my favorite part of the whole story. Honestly, it was, it was a really good scene. I've got a consistent theme of my favorite moments of all the episodes are when the companions want to leave and when they yell at the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like that and how it's clear that the doctor is, it's obvious that Jamie's not going to do what he says at this current moment in time. So he basically puts the seed in Jamie's head of this being his idea, where they mention how uh, Victoria is being held captive and like, the South Wing or something like that. Um, And the doctor is just like, whatever you do, Jamie, you must not go to the South Wing. Do not save Victoria. Whatever you do, don't save Victoria. And then he like leaves the room and Jamie's like, whatever, totally going to save Victoria. (laughs) 
I'm not going to do what you tell me. D- does a Dalek kill someone at the end of this episode? Yes. Toby the thug is arguing with Terrell because Terrell wants him to try and kidnap Jamie again, I think. And Toby is like, not until I, oh no, Toby's trying to leave. And Terrell's like, whoa, 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 you can't go anywhere. And he's like, I am, unless I get more money. Yeah, that's right. He was, he was blackmailing, he was blackmailing Terrell. He's like, gee, I wonder who in town would love to hear this, hear all the shit that's been going down at this house. And then he's like, whoa, you think you can just blackmail me? And Toby's like, actually, yeah, you're right. That's too hard. Wax him in the head. Uh, And then he's looting his body and then gets shot. And then I have the notes of, bro, I love this thug guy. Followed by, no! (laughs) (laughs) My last note of this episode is, finally, I haven't killed anything in at least 37 minutes. (laughs) There is uh, one more bit. So earlier in the episode, Maxible, like, shows uh, Kemmel this, like, secret door passageway thing where, like, you pull on a Mm. candlestick and part of the wall goes up. But if you wait mm-hmm. a few seconds, like, some spears come halfway down and yeah. then go back up. And then he basically says, if Jamie gets through that, beat him up. <laughs> it's the worst trap in existence. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, J- Jamie does it. He finds the candle lever and pulls on it. The wall goes up. And then he gets stopped by, like, bats or something. And then the spears come halfway down. And then he just goes under them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh, the last thing, I, the last note I really have. So I say that's the worst trap ever. And the last note I have is he walks through and he looks up the stairwell and there's Kemmel just standing there with his arms crossed, all intimidating. Uh, my note is, Mortal Kombat! Dun, 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 <laughs> yeah, not to give too much away for the next episode, but a lot of my notes are, there's a lot of violence in this episode. I hope Caleb's enjoying himself. <laughs> I have surprisingly few notes about this episode. <laughs> next episode coming up. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and talk let's about that. Let's dive into it. Episode four. Jamie and Kemmel get into a fight, but after Jamie stops him from falling off the roof, the conflict ends. Jamie learns that Kemmel likes Victoria, and they resolve to find her together. Max DeBull and Waterfield argue about working with the Daleks. Jamie and Kemmel survive a series of obstacles in the house, and the Doctor records all of them to find the human factor. Maxtable argues with the Dalek, and we learn he agreed to work with them to learn the secret of transmutation, turning common elements into gold. Because he's a Victorian scientist, so of course he did that. Jamie and Kemmel destroy a Dalek before finding Victoria in a hidden room. Little do they know, another Dalek is creeping up on them. The two of them do end up having having a fight, like, over this entire like foyer area it is a good action-packed episode so like not a lot really happens story-wise but eh, it's got some good moments yeah but they have they have a pretty good fight and then uh they the fight eventually leads to this door it's the classic like i'm gonna open the door as the guy is running in and he's gonna run out the window yeah but like he opens up the door, and then it just leads out to the roof. And I'm like, what is the purpose of this door? <laughs> well, this it is really my... does seem to just go out to the roof. <laughs> <laughs> this is my going to the roof door. Uh, what is it? Is it the Winchester house that just has a lot of doors that lead nowhere? Yeah. Uh, Maxable so. seems crazy enough to just, like, build a house that is a maze. That is fair. That is absolutely fair. I feel like I have, I feel like I have a note about that later. Kemmel Kem- starts starts falling and Jamie like grabs a rope and like tosses it to Kemmel and Kemmel climbs it climbs it and after 
Jamie saved Kimmel's life, they just like grasp hands and like brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, my first note of the episode is fuck that guy, Jamie. And then immediately followed up by they have redeemed Kemmel. Please keep him around as a companion. <laughs> I I kind of fucking love Kemmel. He's such a bro. <laughs> no, Kemmel's great. He's amazing. My only other note is about the transmutation thing, but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, it cuts to a Dalek, and like he has one of Victoria's handkerchiefs like on his plunger, and he just like drives down the hallway and like drops the handkerchief uh, on the floor, and then backs up like into the shadows. And then, like, turns off his eye stalk light. And <laughs> my note is, stealth mode, activate! Because <laughs> <laughs> they do not notice him when they come back down the stairs and then see, this is this is Victoria's handkerchief. I refuse. I refuse to believe a Dalek was stealthy. <laughs> the Daleks would do stealth the way I would do stealth. What's my version of stealth, Mac? Yeah, it's, my version of stealth is, they can't uh, discover you if there are no bodies. <laughs> And your version of stealth is, they can't discover you if there's no one left. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Who are they going to pin? Everyone's dead. (laughs) Um, And then while the doctor is doing the test, doing the experiment, the Daleks are like, we do not trust you. I'm like, then why are you having him do the test? There has to be some level of trust here. (laughs) I know, because he's at this console thing, and the Daleks are just questioning him the whole time. Uh, and then he says really basic things like, oh, them dodging this trap shows, like, their uh, incredible human instinct. Yeah, or, like, Jamie's uh, willingness to help out Kemmel shows his compassion, blah, 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 blah. Then Jamie comes up with a plan to take out one of the Daleks. And I'm like, man, it is it is a sad, sad day when Jamie is the brains of any given operation. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. They pushed I mean, that Dalek over. I, and now that we're saying it, a lot of things get pushed off of cliffs in this episode. Yeah. This this Dalek in particular that I'm talking about is like they both had the rope and like they just clothesline him and like push him into a fireplace. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, the Dalek yeah. just exploded. And I'm like, that seems too easy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dogs will explode if they have any amount of contact with anything. <laughs> And then we find out Maxtable's motivation here. And I'm like, Maxtable, you have enough money and influence to fund a time-traveling experiment. Why do you give a fuck if you have more gold? <laughs> Not only that, but, but, but there's no fucking way this guy built a steam-powered time machine and believes in transmutation. I mean, I'm, I'm like, listen, like, I'm confident that Victorian age scientists were not that well versed in modern science. Well, obviously not. He lit a cigarette over a whole bunch of... I know, but there's also, like, no fucking way he believed in, like, Middle Ages alchemy bullshit and built a time machine. I would take one or the other. (laughs) I I, I would even take... I I would even accept Waterfield built the time machine and I believe in transmutation. Okay, that's fine. You're the money and he's the brains, but that's not what it was at all. Which, actually, now that... Now that you mention it, what is Waterfield's contribution? Um, like, why is he there? Well, uh, is this Maxwell's house or is it Waterfield's house? Is, this is Max. Um, well, because it's got <laughs> it's Maxwell's house, but there's Waterfield's wife on the wall. You're right. Where the fuck are we, Mac? Where are we? Is it <laughs> whose house is this? 
They're both rich as hell. There's no way they needed to be roomies with each other. <laughs> I don't know. With this fucking maze, maybe. I don't I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I did not think about that until this very moment. <laughs> so yeah, so it's really annoying. And then the best and worst part of it is now that the secret is out that he wants transmutation, he's not going to shut the fuck up about it for three episodes. Yeah, very true. Oh my god. Just so you know, one of my notes in episode six is just shoot him. (laughs) (laughs) That's your note in every episode. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fair point too. But uh, my last note is um, they need to get upstairs because they need to go rescue Victoria. Makes sense. So they throw the rope up (laughs) to the banister and then climb up it as opposed to, I don't know. Going up the stairs. (laughs) Well, obviously there's going to be a guard, Mac. They got to think they got to go the other way. But my actual last note is Jamie goes first, which means Kemmel was absolutely looking up Jamie's kilt the entire time they were climbing. (laughs) You know what? He didn't say a fucking word about it. (laughs) Kemmel never says a fucking word. He's mute. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've got. Shall I move on to episode five? Make it so. Where I have very few notes, but very strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, episode... Quality over quantity. <laughs> <laughs> episode 5. The doctor realizes that Arthur is under Dalek control because of his erratic behavior. Victoria tells Jamie she doesn't remember how the Daleks influenced her, but she obeyed them willingly. Jamie thinks there's a traitor in their midst. Max the Bull hypnotizes his maid, and we learn that it's how he got Victoria to comply with the Daleks. The doctor argues with Waterfield as the experiments continue, and the doctor implants three artificial brains into Dalek shells that supposedly have the human condition. Arthur appears and takes Victoria, and Jamie and Kemmel pursue. Jamie fights Arthur until Ruth intervenes. The doctor appears then and stops Arthur from being controlled by the Daleks. He then orders the two to get as far away from the house as possible. Kemmel and Victoria are taken by a Dalek and forced into the time travel cabinet. The Doctor and Jamie argue about the Doctor's involvement with the Daleks when his three experiments wake up. But instead of being murderous, they are filled with childlike wonder. I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> on on the child Daleks. <laughs> a lot of thoughts about a lot of things in this episode, actually. <laughs> Although, on the note that I was talking about last episode, my first note in this one is... How did the Daleks get up the stairs? That's a big question. I feel like I feel like we have that question anytime there's anything with elevation with a Dalek story. Like Victoria's being held on the second story, and the Dalek comes around the corner, and I'm like, "How did you get up here?" <laughs> I have I have several questions revolving around um, Arthur Arthur Terrell because throughout this entire story, he's been like. He's been, like, Jekyll and hiding it, you know? He's been, like, going back and forth between being a normal human and also being a ruthless killer. My my initial theory was that the reason that they're doing this human factor experiment is because they already did a Dalek factor experiment and used it on him. So, like, that's causing him to act more Dalek-ish, which that will actually come up later. But I'm not entirely clear as to what is actually going on with him because it almost feels like they they have like a chip on his neck or something yeah to make him act he, that way he had like a necklace on or something 
Yeah, which I guess was what was influencing him. And then at some point during Jamie and maybe it's not during the fight, but at some point the doctor tests something with Terrell and it's almost like he's magnetic. Yeah, I think that's early in the episode. He's like, hmm, you're partially a magnetic. Rub your feet on the ground real fast. Does that give you a lot of energy? Yeah, so I'm like, so does it make him physically more like a Dalek? I don't know. And that he's charged by static electricity. I wasn't aware Daleks were magnetic. I mean, they're metal. And then my theory after that was, is he actually a robot? But that's not true. So I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck is up with this guy. It's a very half-baked idea. It, it is kind of like a seed for something later, but... A little bit. I feel like this episode was not outlined entirely. Yeah. I feel like they were writing and maybe even shooting, and they're like, all right, how the fuck does this end? Yeah. But it's fine, because this batch of characters is going to be gone here in a minute anyway, so... And that's why, And that's why it feels, like, not entirely developed, because, like, there are characters who just aren't there anymore. Yeah. And um, we spend a bunch of time in this, like, Victorian castle, and spoiler alert, we're going to go to Scarrow in the next episode. Yeah. This whole arc is just kind of all over the place. It is. It is a little bit all over the place. Um, and I actually I actually did not remember this episode happened until I was, like, writing my outlines. I thought this was part of episode four. That's fair. <laughs> this, this is where I made the note about the uh, weirdness of the house. Because they're... In Victoria's room, the Daleks are, like, banging slash shooting at the... Oh, I almost forgot! Last episode, there was there was a moment where the Dalek was talking to Maxtable and, like, they were having an argument. And, and then the Dalek just fucking, like, punches Maxtable and <laughs> knocks him over with the plunger. I do not remember that moment at all, but that's awesome. That absolutely happens. It's like, I can't kill you yet! Bam! <laughs> but anyway, the Daleks are, like, knocking at the door, trying to get in, and Jamie and Kemmel, like, put furniture in front of the door to bar them away, and then they just find a secret entrance in, like, an adjacent wall, and then they go through that tunnel to go back to the main house, and I'm like, man, this motherfucker just built so many, like, secret tunnels and traps <laughs> and... He has a lot of money, Mac, and he's bored, and he's obviously crazy. He believes in transmutation. <laughs> so then it is Maxtable's house? But I don't He just has I Waterfield's wife up <laughs> on the mantle? Okay. Yeah. I'm it, so confused, Caleb. <laughs> it's making less and less sense the more we talk about it. <laughs> and then and then he hypnotizes the maid, and then I got really pissed off. Why? I don't know. Maxwell is just getting crazier by the minute, and I, I hate hypnotism in stories. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you what is a recurring plot point in a lot of Doctor Who, oh, but God, uh, of course it is. <sighs> but it's like, oh yeah, I just hypnotized her. I dangled this little thing in front of her my face, and then she did whatever I told her. Um, and they got rid of the worst character, or they got rid of the best character in the worst way, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, because Molly was like, I was hearing sounds of combat and i was hearing victoria and they're like nonsense victoria is is away in uh, the city and she's like yeah but i totally heard her and then he, that's when he was like no you didn't no you didn't <laughs> go to the store <laughs> pick up some milk Ooh. and then she comes back and the, uh, spoiler the house is blown up she's <laughs> <laughs> like damn it my, my next note is, they say the phrase, the power of the Daleks, 
in this specific episode more than they did in the entirety of the episode called The Power of the Daleks. Mac is keeping track. There's a counter. (laughs) (laughs) I just noticed it during, like, one scene. Like, they just kept saying nothing can resist the power of the Daleks. And, like, over and over and over again, I'm like, keeps happening. (laughs) Keeps happening. And uh, when the Daleks come back in, like, three seasons... Uh, they'll keep referring to the evil of the dogs. <laughs> I really don't have much to say about this episode, really, until the end. It's a lot of talking. Well, you say that, but then they come back, and uh, Jamie and uh, Oh, there's Arthur the fight with Jamie and Arthur, yeah. Have, have a sword fight, and I'm like, and I was like, hell yeah, Jamie, sword fight! And then my sub note is, I'll bet you anything, the choreography is way better in the animated version than it was in the original. Yep, I, I, I make that note multiple times of like, I'm just assuming that everything that looks cool in this looked like dog shit in the live action. Well, if the painting is to be believed, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then after, after they subdue Arthur and the doctor is like, well done, Jamie, you did everything exactly as I wanted you to. Jamie's just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> and just calls him out again. And it's just like, you can't just do that. Talk to me every once in a while. I'll go along with whatever it is you want. Just don't lie to me about it. But this is the doctor, man. He's going to do whatever he wants. <laughs> There's no reasoning with him. He's the smartest guy ever. If there's one companion who's just going to go along with whatever the doctor says, it's going to be Jamie. You just got to tell him about it first. <laughs> you just got to let me know, man. Keep me in the loop, and I will agree. After Jamie fights Arthur, and then they subdue Arthur, and then they fight Jamie and the Doctor fight, the Doctor tells Ruth and Arthur to get out of here. Go on, get. (laughs) And then the Daleks wake up. And then the Daleks wake up. And then they, like, scoop the Doctor up. Is is that in this episode or next episode? It ends with this episode, because, like, he's, like, yelling. He's like, they're playing, Jamie. That's right. They, like, scoop him up and, like, start... Spinning him around. He, he yells how they're they're playing trains because like he they scoop up the they scoop up the doctor and he's like riding on it as if someone is like riding riding on the handlebars of a bike and he's just like going around the going around the lab and the other two Daleks are like following closely behind. It's like they're playing trains and I'm like okay. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things I was expecting, this was not it. <laughs> yeah, it's um perfectly encompassed by. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. That's all right, I guess. Uh, and that's it. That's my last note on this episode. Yep. Because, again, I forgot it existed. So, basically, everything I have to complain about in this episode, I actually complain about in the next episode. <laughs> all right. Uh, episode six. We start with a very obnoxious scene where the dogs act like toddlers. The doctor gives them all names. Alpha, Beta, and Omega. No, no, no. Uh, Alpha, Beta, and Omega. Oh, that's right. Omega. You, no no one can fucking complain about my pronunciation anymore. <laughs> uh, after some time playing, they are summoned back to Scarrow and disappear. Maxtable and Water- Waterfield argue again, except this time Waterfield straight up tries to murder Maxtable. It's very cool. <laughs> A Dalek intervenes, though, and saves Maxtable. The Dalek also tells him that they are blowing up the building because they don't need it anymore. Maxtable is shocked by this for some reason. He is then taken away by the Daleks. After he realizes he can't disarm the bomb, the Doctor reconfigures the time box, and he, Jamie, and Waterfield all barely dematerialize as it goes off. Cut to Camel and Victoria in a cell on Scarrow. The sexual tension is real. Maxable appears and informs them that they are on a different planet, but Victoria just does not comprehend it. 
The Doctor and his companions try to sneak into the Dalek city, and the Doctor kills a Dalek impersonating one of his children. After arriving in the city, the companions are surrounded and brought before the Emperor Dalek. The Emperor Dalek reveals it's all been a ruse. We didn't need the human factor, we just needed to determine the Dalek factor, which we needed you to do for some reason. And the Doctor will help them spread the Dalek factor to obey without question throughout human history. So the child Daleks are fucking creepy, right? Yeah, horrible. They, they are absolutely fucking terrifying. <laughs> More terrifying than anything the Daleks have ever done is them going around going, train, train, train. Horrifying. And it's like, we're your friends. 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 <laughs> friends. Friends. And I'm like... Kill it, kill it, kill it now. (laughs) I don't like this. This is heresy. And weird-ass pronunciation aside, why did the the doctor name the third one Omega and not Gamma? Be like, I'm going to name this one Dalek number one, Dalek number two, and Dalek number 26. (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, I think I can do better. I want want a better one to be three. It's like, why why did you call it Omega? That doesn't make any sense. A, A B, and Z doesn't... Whatever, sure. <laughs> um, yes, so my notes are, ah, uh, yes, the human element of being really fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, beta, and people complain about my pronunciation. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to acknowledge any criticism about the way I say anything anymore, because everyone knows how to fucking say beta. <laughs> to be clear... The only people who have really complained about your pronunciation is me and my wife. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, listeners. Go in and back me up. Be like, we love the way Caleb pronounces guillotine. (laughs) (laughs) That physically pained me just now. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Or like, yeah, no, it is commandant. (laughs) Or harangue you. Harangue you. Um, I don't know why I wrote this, but I wrote down, God damn it, doctor. I swear you never remember anything important. What was I referring to when I wrote that? I'm not sure. I do know that um, the Daleks like put down this box with like a whole bunch of wiring around it. And Maxtable is like, what is this? What is this? And Daleks are basically like, don't worry about it. And Maxtable is like, well, okay. As long as you tell me the secret of transmutation. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, dude, dude. In what universe is that not a bomb? Like, come on. <laughs> God, what was you referring to? Jamie probably said something like, well, what about the TARDIS, Doctor? Yeah, probably. Oh, but yeah, but then um, at some point, Maxwell does ask again. He's like, what is that? And then the Donalds are like, we're blowing this place up because, uh, frankly, we don't like it. Yeah. Uh, cause we kind of feel like blowing it up. And he's like, well, but, but, but this is my house. And then like he sits there and tries to deprogram it or whatever. Yeah, disable the bomb. And he's very upset. I'm like, dude, it's a box. Just move it. Just pick it up and put it somewhere else. Yeah. And then he, like, goes around, like, yelling, yelling for the doctor for his help. And um, my next note is, doctor, 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 doctor. Because. Oh, yeah, because Maxwell's, like, yelling it up the stairwell. That that scene goes on for a while of him just repeatedly yelling for the doctor. This scene gets gradually worse and worse. It does kind of like go off the rails because the bomb is going off and making the most fucking obnoxious sound. I- I'm not going to say of the whole show because there's been a lot of them, <laughs> but it's making this very repeated. 
meh, and it's loud. Like, I turned down the volume on my computer, couldn't hear the voices, but I can still hear the bomb sound. <laughs> and Jamie won't shut the fuck up about Victoria. He's like, well, what about Victoria? I'm like, Jamie, there is a bomb going off. Who cares about this broad you met two minutes ago? And then Jamie's like, what's a bomb? <laughs> oh my god damn it jamie way off time for this god damn it jamie you adorable idiot get in that time machine <laughs> yeah the the doctor tries to disable the bomb he's like nope everybody in the time machine <laughs> he's like yeah i can't do this and then i wrote down I was like that explosion was really awesome and it probably looked fucking horrible in live action 100 percent. yeah just terrible and then to what I think is the most important scene of this whole episode is the scene with just Kemmel and Victoria in the mm-hmm. jail cell on Skyro. Because I cannot express enough how real the sexual tension is here. They want to fuck so badly. Yeah. See, I make the note of Victoria and Kemmel's relationship is really cute. But also, yes. Yes. It, it, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. This is like the horniest episode we have seen. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I don't know... I'm having difficulty explaining this this emotion. Maybe it's maybe it's nostalgia. I don't know, but it's weird being back on Scaro because we haven't been on Scaro since episode two mm-hmm. of this entire series. No, I got the same vibe. I was like, "Wow, we're visiting a familiar place," except it's completely fucking different because there's a budget. It's a completely different city on the planet Scaro, but like, ah, I remember this place. It's nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a place. <laughs> it cuts away to like the doctor and Waterfield and Jamie like. Sneak along a mountain cliff, cuts back to Victoria and Kemmel, and Maxtable walks in, and I have no less than four notes about this scene. <laughs> okay. Because Maxtable comes in, kind of explains, hey, we're on a different planet. Uh, yeah, deal with it. And then a Dalek comes in, and he's like, when are you going to tell me the secret? And the Dalek is like, we will tell you eventually. And he's like, you're going to tell me now. And my note is, just shoot him, Dalek. And then in all caps, a few seconds later, just shoot him. <laughs> And I was like, this is so out of character. And then he still, like, he has not realized yet that the dogs are not going to tell him anything. That's why I determined that, Maxwell, you're literally the dumbest motherfucker here. They do tell him something, and and as after that, they find out why it is they don't shoot him. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree. At, at one point, uh, Maxwell is yelling at the Dalek because they blew up his home. And he was like, you have no, you had no right to do that. And the Daleks are just like, the fucker writes. what's a right (laughs) what is decency then it was um who's in the doctor's group it's doctor jamie waterfield and and, is it just those three it's just those three okay doctor jamie waterfield are outside on scaro and there's a dalek moving about like on patrol and i'm like i thought the daleks on scaro needed static and a steel floor in order to move around I'm very confused about the Dalek timeline at this point. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because, like, there's also, I mean, obviously, but there hasn't been any implication of, like, the Emperor Dalek that's going to come in in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Because I thought the Black Dalek from the chase was the main Dalek guy. (laughs) I think, like, the Black Dalek is a captain, whereas the Emperor is a general. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Because, like, there's multiple Black Daleks in this episode. Yeah, there are a couple. And I don't remember if it's this episode or next episode, but it's revealed that the Daleks have uh, taken the Doctor's TARDIS. And I'm like, okay, so they know what the TARDIS is. So is this is this after the episode, the Daleks? Because in the episode, the Daleks, they had no idea who the Doctor was. Obvious, I mean, obviously, 
from just like a writing perspective. It's like, it's of course they didn't know who the doctor was. This was the Daleks introduction, mm-hmm. but KFAB here, KFAB, whatever it's called. When does this take place? Why do they know what the TARDIS is? And they also clearly know who the Dalek, who the doctor is because they, he, they recruited him to help him with the experiment. I just have several questions. Where does this fall on the timeline? Yeah, I know. I, I was thinking the same thing too. Cause I was like, Hmm. Where does this take place? Because I, I can believe I can believe that the Daleks are more scientifically advanced earlier on in their timeline because like you know, their society is deteriorating by the time the events of the Daleks takes place. Uh huh. But you're right because like they get genocided at the end of that. But every other time you see a Dalek, they know what the TARDIS is and they know who the Doctor is. Yeah. So how? <laughs> here's okay. Here's my working theory. I mean, spoiler alert for the end of this story, but whatever. Who cares? They destroy this city and all the Daleks in it. So maybe that would destroy any sort of record they had of the Doctor. So that when the first Doctor arrives years later on Scarrow, he comes to a different city where there is no record of the Doctor. That's fair. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. I I could see that. I could also see like maybe like killing all the Daleks in that one city wasn't genociding all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Because also, remember, the events of Skaro are a million years in the future. Which, again, I'm still I'm still saying is just a number that the Doctor pulled out of his ass <laughs> to sound impressive. But I think it's probably after this episode where we should stop trying to keep track of the Dalek time. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, this is it. Like, we're done. It because doesn't make any sense. I this. can guarantee you we are thinking about it way more than the writers did. <laughs> So, cut back to the Doctor, Jamie, and Waterfield. Jamie, more so than Waterfield even, is gonna find Victoria. I mean, there there is some clear thirst going on here. Yeah. Well, I mean, Waterfield's got the power of parental love on his side, but Jamie's got the power of boners. Let's be perfectly <laughs> honest here. Who do you the power think of wins? boners wins every time. <laughs> um, but an important thing to bring up is... You see, like, a black Dalek, like, yelling at all these other Daleks to, you know, work harder. And then one of the Doctor's Daleks turns around and goes, why? And they're like, why should I work hard? Am I getting paid? (laughs) And then it ends up being Omega. And then later, a Dalek that claims to be Omega comes up and is like, I I am your friend. I want to take you to my leader. Follow me. (laughs) And the Doctor's like... Hmm, that's not how I drew your sign. Murder. Because <laughs> he, he drew the symbols on the Daleks so you know which one is which. And then he pretends to trip and looks like the Omega symbol is like crooked. So he's like, yeah. oh, time to murder this guy. Which, again, brings back everybody's favorite character, the artist Dalek, who replaced <laughs> his plunger with the little marker to draw on the, <laughs> yep, draw on I, the symbol. That's Because that's my note. I was like, how did the draw, Dalek draw? And draw that low. <laughs> Again, like, it's not it's not what he wanted to use his degree in, but he'll take any job he can get. <laughs> <laughs> and then my next note is Big Boy Dalek. Oh, the Emperor? Yes, <laughs> Big Boy. It is kind of cool. It's a, it's a very cool art direction, because, like, the Emperor Dalek is, like, huge. He's, like, two stories tall. He's got these, like, huge cables connecting him to the walls. Yeah. Uh, this big, like, spotlight eye. I thought it was a very cool design. Yeah, no, I, re- I really dig the Emperor. I think he looks really cool. There was a moment where Victoria's kind of beating herself up 
because she's seeing it as this is all her fault. If she hadn't been captured by the Daleks, if she hadn't, if she could have just escaped on her own, none of this would have happened. She says that if she had just thought faster, if she'd just been braver, none of this would have happened. And I kind of, I kind of like that. And I'm wondering if that's going to come up later of her just feeling like I needed to be better than I was and my family wouldn't have been put into danger. Mm-hmm. If, if that's the arc, that would be a good arc. As of now, my note is, Victoria, you are useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of is your fault, actually. I didn't think about it, but now that she's mentioned it. But here's the most important thing. The, the Emperor Doc explains their master plan. The goal wasn't to find the human factor. It was to determine what the Dalek factor really was. And they couldn't do that on their own, I guess. Apparently not. But the, the Dalek factor, in case you're wondering, is obedience and doing things without question. Uh, or as I put it, the Dalek factor is beta cuckery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it kind of ends with, like, they want to make the doctor spread the Dalek factor through human history and presumably make humans more obedient. Which was one of your predictions for one of the other episodes, if I remember correctly. The Daleks go back in time to try and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to try and steal humanity and beca- make them more like Daleks. If I remember correctly, that was your, I think, your prediction for the Dalek master plan, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> Man, uh, uh, I was just too early. I was thinking too far ahead. <laughs> uh, I got no other notes for this episode. My only note was I was genuinely wondering how it was they were going to get back to the 60s so that they could get back to the TARDIS. But then the Daleks were kind enough to bring the TARDIS to him. So I was like, oh, well, thanks. You oh, saved me a trip. Convenient. <laughs> All right. On that note, episode seven, or as I like to call it, the only episode I genuinely enjoy for the most part of this story. <laughs> Everyone is thrown into the same cell where the doctor refuses to comply. Max DeBull will not shut the fuck up about transmutation, and Jamie has about had it. A Dalek comes in to reveal the secret of transmutation to Max DeBull, but it is all a ruse to convert the man into a Dalek mentally by walking through a specific doorway. Maxwell does the same to uh, Maxwell does the same thing to the doctor, but he isn't affected by the technology. He plays along though and swaps out some sort of fuse of Dalek factor for a fuse with the human factor. The doorway would now change Daleks to be more like humans. After turning all the Daleks into fucking babies, the doctor leads a violent worker revolution against the Bla- leader Black Daleks and the Emperor. In arguably the only cool moment of this whole fucking arc, a massive shootout begins and the city crumbles as the Emperor Dalek begs them to stop. Arthur saves the Doctor's life, but gets killed in the process. Maxtable, still brainwashed by the Daleks, somehow overpowers Camel and pushes him off a cliff? The Doctor, Victoria, and Jamie leave him behind though. The Doctor looks back to look at the crumbling, burning ruins of the Dalek city and surmises that this is the last time they will ever see the Daleks. They then head off, Bringing along arguably the worst character of the whole arc as the new companion. Yeah, but like she's also by default the only one left. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know they they went real Game of Thrones in this arc. My first note is just gushing about how much I love the the look of the Dalek Emperor, and I would have loved to have seen what it looked like in live action. Yeah, I I want to I want to know what the prop looked like if it was as big as it appears in the in the animated version. There's a picture of it on the uh, Tortoise Wiki. Yeah, it's very blurry, though. Yeah. This episode actually has the moment where I was like, okay, I like Victoria. The Emperor had told the the Doctor that we are going to 
corrupt all of humanity to make them subservient Dalek race. And the doctor just refuses and they push him back into the cell. And the emperor says, then we will kill your compatriots one by one until you until you comply. And Victoria asks the doctor, what are you going to do? And the doctor says, I'm not sure. Do you think the worth of five human lives is worth is the same as all of humanity? And Victoria just like thinks about it for a second. And she says, no, we're not. You shouldn't do it, doctor. And I was just like, that is such a quiet and dignified badass moment of just like, I'm willing to die if it saves humanity. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Good point. My first note is shut the fuck up about transmutation. <laughs> Followed up by, yeah, Jamie, kick his ass. <laughs> um, because like, Maxwell won't shut the fuck up about transmutation. Spoiler. And Jamie has literally about had it, and he just starts, like, grabbing Maxwell, like, ready to beat him up before a Dalek intervenes. I'm like, ah, Jamie, you're so great. <laughs> right. Are you starting to see why he's such a fan favorite character? Yes. <laughs> uh, 100% agree. Once again, violence is always the answer. <laughs> and I do like how the Daleks actually do show Maxtable. Yeah, so this is how you turn lead into gold. Isn't that cool? Yeah, anyway, if you want the formula, it's just in that room right there. He's like, wonderful! And then he gets turned into a Dalek. And I was like, oh, so that's the payoff. I was wondering why he was still alive. <laughs> uh, on that note, like it, it shows like the like atomic mass or whatever. And it's like, the atomic mass of gold, 69.5! I was like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, because like, they have to walk through a doorway because there's this little, like, box on the side that makes the air different. I'm not sure how it works. It was like a like a barrier, like a veil that goes through the doorway arc, arch. And uh, when you walk through that veil, you're like, I don't, I don't know if it changes you biologically or just mentally. But, like, it makes you become that. Yeah, it, it was very... And not explained at all, really. <laughs> not really... Because then it's just Maxtable somehow blinks even less than he did before and just starts talking like a Dalek, mm -hmm. which is very annoying. Yeah, very, very annoying. I, I think it's fucking hilarious that the Emperor's entire plan hinges on overestimating the Doctor. It's like, you will take us to the beginning of humanity and we will override their genetic code. And the Doctor's like, okay. <laughs> We might have to make a few stops first. <laughs> I can't guarantee that we're going to get there first try. <laughs> and see, that's that's the subtext. It's not that the doctor even cares about the more the morality of like preserving humanity or like cares about protecting humanity. He just doesn't want to show the dogs he doesn't know how to drive the TARDIS. <laughs> they think I'm so cool. I don't want them to I don't want my enemies to know that I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> You will take us back and alter the genetic code. I was like, yeah, we can do that. Eventually. Like after the third or fourth stop, it's like, you are delaying our plans. I'm really, really not. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we'll do it eventually. And it's like, this is our fifth stop in 1968 London. <laughs> I don't know why it keeps bringing me back here. <laughs> you have your 1968 London button taped down. <laughs> why do I even have that? <laughs> I have the note of, this episode has way too much going on to be wrapped up by the end of the episode. 
Um, which I was mostly proven wrong on, actually. It turns out that it, you can actually solve everything with a decent pace. Yeah. I like how uh, Maxtable is, like, telling the doctor to uh, come here because the emperor wants to talk to him. And the doctor's like, well, fine. And he starts heading towards the door. And then Jamie is like, no, wait, doctor! Uh, and then the doctor goes through that that veil or whatever. And the fact that Jamie pieced together what was about to happen is just like growth. He's he's learning. My son is learning. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the doctor is like seemingly transformed by the thing. Uh, spoiler, no, he wasn't. And he explains it in the most obvious way possible later when Jamie is like, doctor, like, why aren't you mind controlled by the dogs? Uh, he's like... I'm not a human. Yeah. I'm an alien, remember? Can't you tell by my very human features? <laughs> I would love, love, love a moment when the doctor regenerates. And just for a second, he's like some like tentacled, like Lovecraftian <laughs> monster. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Forget the first female doctor. Forget the first black doctor. I want the first tentacled hell beast doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I want the first eldritch god. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so anyways so it doesn't work he kind of plays along with like pretending to be a Dalek and does something he basically takes the thing he used to make the human Daleks and he puts it in the machine and he's like ah now when the Daleks go through this door they'll be humans yes and it's instantly annoying yeah cause now we've got a whole fucking room of all these people going friends train friends let's play friends <laughs> yeah so when he goes to the emperor and he's like oh yeah what we need to do to get rid of the human dogs is have them all go through that one doorway thingy and then they will all become daleks it'll be fine and then turns them all into human daleks this is getting confusing not not dalek humans human daleks very important yes. distinction v- very important distinction uh but yeah but that's just a bunch of dogs going train train dizzy dizzy dalek. dizzy dizzy dalek yeah they're like spinning around <laughs> yeah the fact that the emperor fell for this hook line and sinker really just says a lot about his leadership qualities (laughs) at a certain point don't the dogs just kind of deserve it don't they just kind of deserve to be genocided i mean yeah at a certain point like the doctor (laughs) has beaten them so many goddamn times it's like maybe it's us (laughs) maybe we're the problem are we the bad guys (laughs) are we the baddies (laughs) my note is that the human daleks act like they're drunk yeah. They they act like um, Baymax when he's low on power from Big Hero 6. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can absolutely see a Dalek just, like, petting a cat, just being like, hairy baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, like, a black dog comes in the room, and they're like, what are you doing? Get to work. And then, like, one of them is, like, spinning around and just stops and goes, why? And it made me think of that spongebob episode where plankton takes out spongebob's brain and puts i had it in the, the exact robot. same thought <laughs> why don't you ask me later get to work i don't wanna <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what this episode is <laughs> and then the doctor just again starts a starts a union <laughs> <laughs> i love man the Doctor, okay, Doctor Who is officially the most leftist-based show of all time, because <laughs> every episode, cops are the bad guys, unions are the ones that save us. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great, I love it. But no, stra- straight up leads like a violent worker revolution against <laughs> the rest of the Daleks. Man, I don't know what it is, because it's this, and power, and the chase, 
where it's like it just ends in a huge bloodbath that's fucking awesome i fucking love this dalek civil war it's just dalek on dalek uh battle and it's fucking cool it is oh dude i just come in and they just start blasting dogs are blowing <laughs> up left and right their metal head things blow up and you see the dog inside like squirming around it's and eyes. oh it's so cool <laughs> at one point a dalek is about to shoot the doctor and then waterfield pushes him out of the way and gets shot instead and this is the first time anyone has ever been shot by a dalek death ray and not been instantly killed i thought that too man i thought waterfield's got some sort of like strong willpower man because i know dies he's fucking badass because he has the the classic like dying in the doctor's arms moment giving his last words and then dies i'm like dude's made of fucking steel i love it <laughs> yeah it was great waterfield should have been the companion the doll <laughs> well i mean technically waterfield <laughs> is the companion and then the the other Daleks come into the Emperor's room and start and start blasting. And my note is, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. <laughs> uh, and the Emperor is going on and I was like, you can't fight in here. This will be the end of the Daleks. And I was like, uh, we've been wiped out like five times. I think we'll be fine, actually. <laughs> and then we get and to that. Then the coolest scene is immediately followed by the lamest scene. The worst scene. How, Caleb? How the fuck did Maxtable kill Kemmel? So let me paint the scene for you guys. So while all this is going on, the doctor has stayed behind to make sure the dogs get destroyed and Jamie and Victoria and Kemmel are getting out of there. And they run into Maxtable and Maxtable just like stands, like they're on the side of a cliff. And Maxtable is just standing there all wild-eyed. And then he raises his arms like a bear claw gesture and then goes, kill, 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 kill. And then they grapple with Kemmel, and they don't both fall off together, which would have been slightly more believable. Maxtable, this old crazy man, overpowers this man who's at least a foot taller than him and very well built, and pushes him off the cliff. Yeah. What the fuck? No. Kemmel would have lifted him up and just bang broke his back <laughs> over his knee. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That's what I was waiting for. I, I was robbed. I was robbed of a perfectly good companion. Yeah, no, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you here. This scene sucks for multiple reasons. One, that Kemmel dies, and two, that Maxtable's the one that does it. And Maxtable doesn't die in the process. How does Maxtable die? You don't actually see it. You just see him walk back into the city. So then he just leaves Jamie and Victoria? Mm-hmm. Is that really what happens? That's Because, like, That's the next true. time you see him... You're right. You see, you see the doctor hiding, and Maxtable just walks by, presumably into the city where everything is on fire. And he, just go, and he just keeps saying, kill, 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 kill. I'm like, so you just, you showed up, killed the best character of the story, and then just left. Instead of, you know, kill, 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 killing Jamie and Victoria. All right. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah, here, here's all my notes on it. As like, now's your chance, Camel, do it. There's no fucking way, there's no fucking way Max killed Camel. And then uh, the doctor reaches them. And they're like, we got to get out of here. And Jamie says, well, what about Victoria? And he's like, she's coming with us. And my note is, God damn it, no! <laughs> well, I mean, the other option was leaving the poor girl on Scarrow. Would have preferred it. Uh, <laughs> this is the worst trade deal in history. We have traded down from Polly so fucking hard. <laughs> well, I do remember liking Victoria. She's definitely not, like, as sassy as, say, Polly or Vicky or anybody like that. 
Um, but I do remember liking her. We shall see. And there were a couple moments in this story where I liked her. She was very much like a damsel in distress a lot of the time, but I do think she had a couple of moments here and there. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. But that's it. That's all I have. Yep. Uh, so trivia. This is the very last time that Jerry Davis is the story editor. He's been the story editor up until this point. So I'm wondering how that will affect the story going forward, <clears throat> whether it's for better or worse. Um, yes, there were plans to make Molly the new companion, but it was decided last minute uh, to make Victoria the, the companion. Deborah Watling claimed that the Dalek operators kept poking her with the plunger every time she turned around. <laughs> it's just like a joke. <laughs> is that Victoria then? Yeah, yeah, it's Victoria. Okay. Deborah Watling is plays Victoria. Uh, that's kind of it. Um, but yeah, final thoughts. Especially after we've talked about it more, I actually think I liked the episode less than I thought. With the really? kind of being, episode seven is exceptional. I also like the first episode a lot. Yeah. Uh, with the kind of mystery element, but like once they go back in time and like we spend so much fucking time in this maze castle, it totally derails. I would have preferred it to either just commit to being a historical or being a sci-fi story, but <laughs> instead we kind of got something all over the place. This is the first time I think I've ever heard you request that it just be a historical. Well, okay, like, location-wise. Like, I I would have either wanted to stay in the 1866 setting or go straight to Scarrow. Because, hmm. like, it it just felt like they were trying to figure it out as they were writing it. Yeah, that's fair. I felt that, like the pacing in the middle episodes just dragged. And, yeah, but episode 7 is phenomenal. Episode yeah. 7, like, does a lot of the legwork on me liking this episode. This, this, this story is definitely bookended by two good episodes. I enjoyed the episode for the most part. I kind of like having the differing times and locations. It kept it from being too slow and stagnant, in my personal opinion, because we went from 1960s to 1860s to Scarrow, and, like, it's it's not quite on the same level as, say, Keys of Marinus or The Chase in terms of the wide variety of different locations, but I, th- I think it helped, it helped me, at the very least, keep it interesting. The human-slash-Dalek factor brings up a lot of interesting ideas, like what exactly makes someone one race or another. Is Maxtable a Dalek now? I don't know, because he's biologically a human, but he seems to think he's a Dalek. Same with the child Daleks. Are they humans now? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to think about it. It's a breeding fetish. That's all it is. (laughs) We must find more species that look... Breedable. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very mixed intro for Victoria because uh, she was captured literally the entire episode. There was never a point in which she was not held captive except for the very end. Mm -hmm. But she does have a couple of good moments that I think were good. If this did end up being the last Dalek episode, do you think this would have been a good note for them to go out on? No. I I think episode seven is great, but episode seven had been built up entirely differently i could see it being a good ending but i don't think it's a good one to go out on yeah no uh power of the daleks was way better than this one in basically every way basically yeah uh but yeah those are my final thoughts um in terms of in terms of ranking for what it's worth it is in my top five it's just that we don't have enough episodes under our belt to really distinguish too much yeah, we're on, like, what, episode 8 or 9? This was episode 7. Oh, wow. So there are two episodes that are in my top 5, 
and not in my bottom five and two episodes that are my bottom five and not in my top five. So <laughs> the, the Venn diagram is slowly being pulled apart is what I'm saying. Slowly. Yeah. I, I definitely like the power of the dogs more. Definitely like the faceless ones more. Definitely like the Macro Terror more. Yeah. So then this one is dead center for you at the moment. <laughs> dead center. It will probably go lower, I imagine. So it may end up being one of those like surprise situations where like the master the dog master plan was in my bottom five. <laughs> yeah. And it will also probably be a, doing the same thing where like it will have one of my favorite scenes of the whole show and it's also my least favorite episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean I obviously don't want to fast forward through all these episodes, but I am really looking forward to The Doctor is Out with Patrick Troughton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is give us five stars and tell your friends about it. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know, all the major podcast things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at QuickTripDW. And if you want to follow Mac and I specifically, you can follow Mac at MacTheMac and me at CLB underscore Clark. You can also subscribe to Mac's YouTube channel, also called MacTheMac, where he does insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time in which we watch Victoria's first real trip in the TARDIS in the Tomb of the Cybermen. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <ya. laughs> <laughs>